talent wise, I mean, all those guys that you named, I mean, Eric Richards, Jordan Richards, Marcus Granison, huge name for me is Jamal Hyman. That was probably the best football player. I mean, I, I seen. What's up guys, Tavon Smith, wide receiver for the Edmonton football team. And you're listening to At 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. I can't contain my excitement for the guest Dakota and I have for you today. A way back former teammate of ours. He's gone on since those days at Metro to, uh, you know, I'd say a pretty good career for himself. The name speaks for itself. You know who he is, Tavon Smith. Tavon, how you doing, man? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We're better now having you on with us. Uh, You know, (laughs) last time... Last time I think I was in the vicinity of you, I think I was with my old man at an Argos-Edmonton game. Before that, I think my last year playing Metro, we were playing Eagles, and I think you came out with a few people just to watch. I think that was the last time. But prior to that, the last time the three of us were all sort of in a photograph scenario like this. I just have, I have a little surprise for you here, Tavon. Just give me one second to share the screen. And for those listening, obviously you're not going to see this. But uh, Tavon, do you recognize this photo here? Yeah, yeah, I see a bunch of familiar faces on this. All right, we're going to start highlighting a couple of the folks here. For And once again, if you're listening to this, you'll just have to bear with us. But uh, we got here in the back, young uh-huh. Mr. Tavon. We got Dakota here, front row. How did you pull <laughs> off front row there, Dakota? I'm um, short. All right, that's a simple answer. <laughs> I'm hiding here in the back. Um, some other great names just in here. We got Eric Richards in the front row, Stu Anoya, <laughs> Eddie Meredith. <laughs> I know I saw Tristan Douglas hiding in there somewhere. Um, in, this, in this right here. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that, yeah, I haven't. Wow. <laughs> I, I, you know, seeing all those faces, it's just like, man, I forgot I played with all those guys. And, you know, for those who are watching, it's a black and white photo, not because we're actually that old, just because for some reason that's the copy of the photo I have. It's in black and white. Um, had to start there with a little trip down memory lane. Um, but let's start kind of back, you know, that's 2008-ish, going back to you coming out of Toronto. You go down to Kent, Iowa. We know the story, going to the NFL, spend your time there. In the time since you came out of the city, it seems like the recruiting game, particularly when it comes to finding Canadian talent, has really upped the ante. There's so many more resources and people, and probably thanks to yourself, people are realizing that like, hey, there's talent in Canada and not just the O-lineman. So I'm wondering for you specifically as a skill position guy, and maybe I see it wrong, but I definitely feel like traditionally it's perhaps easier for for big dudes, the linemen, because if you're six six three bills, just naturally built, you know, that's, uh, you, you can't teach that. So I'm wondering for yourself in the years since you've, you know, left the city, what you've seen perhaps change in the way that Americans recruiting at all levels kind of look at Canadian players. Do you, do you feel it's changed or is there still a bit of the bias towards Americans versus Canadians, particularly for yourself as a skill position guy? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I've definitely seen a lot more um, Canadian kids have a chance to leave. And um, honestly, for me, I just think it it doesn't have too much to do with like you know, with the coaches from, from the States coming here. Um, I think it's just, it's, it has a, also a lot of, a lot to do with the kids at least wanting to leave. Not a lot of kids want to leave at a young age, leave their parents, 
and um, start a whole new life in a whole another country in another state and just kind of just be kind of just dropped there and figuring things out. And I feel like a lot of more kids now are, 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 are more eager to get out there and do that. And with that, I mean, obviously it brings more recruits to the city because now there's more kids, you know, eager to show to show their talent and, and want to get exposure. So, I mean, I feel like it has a lot to do with that, but also, you know, coaches need to see more, but in order for those coaches to see some kids got to give up a little to get out there, go to camps, go to um, different, different schools. If they have a chance to get that opportunity to, to get noticed from those schools. And I think a lot of more kids, a lot, a lot more kids are doing that now because um, obviously, you know, there's guys like myself um, back when I did it. And, uh, and there was a few other guys, you know, um, that, that did in the past majority at the time was basketball. Um, and I'd say, you know, I was probably one of the few that did that, uh, um, around that time. And you see it now, all these guys, you got a guy from Alabama. I'm sure he didn't get recruited straight out of Canada. You know, um, there's actually a kid in Alberta, uh, that I, I, I recently met. He just got offered from the university of Iowa. I mean, probably a little bit of connection there too. And he, you know, that, I mean, I, um, they asked. I, they came with an article today saying that you know this kid was uh, he admired me when I was when he was um, or when I was playing and going into high school. So to see that and to see kids like you know are, that are more open to leaving home or or, or or doing their best to kind of reach out and and of course you know the more Canadians they see, obviously the more um, guys want to recruit Canada and just wherever, right? So. I do think it's a little bit of both. And I mean, I, I love to see it because now I see kids. I'm like, man, I didn't even know he was from Canada because now he's at Alabama. Now he's, this kid is at uh, Oregon State or another kid's at, at Penn State. And it's like, how did these guys even get there? And I'm like, you know, and it is good to see for sure. 100%. I love to see it. Well, I mean, the, the talent's always been there. I mean, at least for the two of you. Uh, I, I mean, career backup right here. Um, but you know, as don't unfor- do dare put me like in a conversation with this guy. Don't you dare do that. Come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> um, but I mean, as unfortunately, I mean, the black and white photo does show our age a little bit as we're getting older. Has it re- like and I saw that article that you retweeted. Um, has it kind of sunk in that there are now people kind of looking up to you? I mean, I know you ran you ran a camp. I think it was last summer and I sent a bunch of my kids out there and they were all really excited to go out there. But for me, it's like I still see all of us as like. 21 year olds i mean obviously i've stopped playing football but has it kind of sunk in that there are those kids that are like that look up to you and see you as this pro or as this you know great college player back when you were playing for iowa yeah i mean for me i i guess i'm I, i'm a humble guy i don't i don't really look at myself as like you know how other maybe you know other other players other younger younger kids look at me so i mean even my, my little brother uh has a lot of like kids that uh, are friends that he went to school with that um that whenever like he's talking to me on the phone over the phone with them like yo is that your brother like or hey like ask him if he's if he met so-and-so or if he met these guys and you know so i mean it's it's actually funny because like now i mean i'll work out in the garage and my brother works out in the garage and and like they're always trying to catch me in the garage like oh is your brother working out like (laughs) You know, but I'm always working on in the morning. Like he's he's not even either up or even here. So um, it, it's actually you know now looking back at it, it's kind of, it is kind of cool just to know that there's guys that you know look up to you and 
you know, ask questions and, and want some input. Um, same thing with that, with that one, uh, that one kid that, um, that, that you saw that I retweeted today. Um, I just, I just messaged or texted him. I, we had a connection with a coach and he said, Hey, could you, you know, shoot a, shoot a text to this kid and I'll kind of be his mentor and kind of help him out or whatever. And then the next day there's an article saying that he's been looking <laughs> up to me. I, I didn't know that the article came out until I was tweeted they tweeted it, tweeted it. And I was like, wow, I mean, you know, this was a kid that was obviously looking up to me for however many years. And now he has an offer from Iowa. So it's, it's cool to see the transition. I mean, it, it makes me feel like I'm getting old now, man. It's like, <laughs> feel like the little kid playing football you know what i mean like I, when i'm out there i just feel like a little kid playing out there and it's like now you got these younger kids looking up to you or even some guys that i even see that are just like i remember I, I don't even know how i remember faces really well but like not much names so when i see these kids i'm like i remember this kid and like i just don't know his name and then like it kind of clicks and i see him and he's like oh wow this is the kid that i saw when he was like 12 you know and now i look at me i'm almost i mean i'm 28 now but I feel like it makes me feel so old because I've been playing football for since I was 10 12 years old right recently 28 happy bladed birthday on that one appreciate yeah (laughs) happy bladed indeed well let's go back to that younger football player um talking about having kids now looking up to you and chasing you in the garage and, and kind of wanting to follow you know your success and be able to impart that in their own life when you were growing up who were the idols that you looked up to to sort of and as we said you kind of blaze a bit of a path or trailblaze a bit of a path for for these younger kids now but for yourself like who were the guys that you looked up to that kind of showed you the way or just made you think that like you know what I, I could do this I could beat the odds yeah um for me when it when I was uh getting uh, recruited from a bunch of Canadian schools, you know, there was guys like uh, Shema Chambers that I look up to. I uh, still talk to him to this day. Um, you know, Courtney Stevens, those were two guys that um, they were actually my hosts when I um, visited Laurier. And I still talk to those guys now. Now we play in the same league. Um, and but but when it comes to guys outside of uh, Canada, I mean, I looked up to a lot of guys, man. I mean, I just not really, not really too much guys that were uh, Canadian. It was just, you know, some guys in the CFL that were American, like Arlen Bruce, uh, G-Roy Simon. I looked up to those guys. And then, you know, when it comes to NFL, like I was a huge Steve Smith and Heinz Ward fan. Um, So like, it's just, you know, and then shoot. And then obviously big fans, everybody's fans of, of T.O. and Ocho Cinco and all those other guys. But for me, it was just, man, I just wanted to, I just, I just knew I wanted to get there uh, to the NFL. And, you know, I, 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 I stuck to it. And I, you know, I had that, my, my parents knew that dream. And, you know, now, now looking back at it, there's some guys that I've seen in person that's like, wow, like, you know what I mean? Like, makes you realize like, damn, I, I really got to this point, you know, at, at some point in my life, I was there. Right. So, I mean, now looking back, like I said, like, it's like, it's, it's, it's a crazy journey. You know, I'm a kid from, you know, the inner city of Toronto now, you know, at the time, like when I am, when I was in the NFL, it's like, shit, like I'm here with all these big time players. It's like, you know, I, I'm just going to soak it all in and learn as much as I can. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, uh, it, it's crazy. I, I mean, looking at it now, it's just like still surreal for me. 
uh, just like, man, I, I mean, now my, I have close friends that still play um, with CFL, NFL, and, you know, talk to them all the time. And now it's just like, it's a, it's like regular in a sense, because now he's my friends, but <laughs> from the outside looking in, it's like, wow, you know, this guy, or, you know, that guy. So, I mean, it, it, it's cool. I don't really like think about it like that now, but when you, when, when you like double think, it's like, wow, like, I guess like, it is kind of cool, you know, to know certain guys or that you know that you played with this guy and played with that guy. And, you know, now that you're older, you're friends with these guys and, you looked up to these guys. Yeah, I looked up to Shamai when I was a child. And now, like, I can text him. And when I was first came to the CFL, he was one of the guys that I talked to, Enoch Muamba. He was um, – he's one of the guys that, you know, went to the NFL, came back to CFL. I mean, me and him stay in contact um, as well. So, I mean, great experience, I'd say, for real. No, I mean, definitely it's I, – I, I mean, obviously, I, my football career is – but I definitely have the friends that are that are in the in the league. Then and, and for you me, solid man. <laughs> not not when we played together. Not when we played together. <laughs> Dakota, just take the clip of Tavon saying you're a solid player and just oh, it's, 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 it's already it's already on my resume. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, especially in, in Canadian football, for a lot of CFL players, we once you kind of get to the point where you're graduating, a lot of your friends are in the league and it starts to become like a normalized thing. I mean, it, NFL, not so much, but it starts to become a normalized thing. And then the people that are outside of the football realm are always like, you got, you know, people in the game, like, and you're like, well, well yeah, like I, I, I took, I took chem with this guy. Like, um, but if we are talking about, if we are talking about NFL, I got to ask you what was like, maybe even not on the field, but like the coolest NFL moment for you. Like, um, if it is on the field, I mean, the, the catches in the preseason, I, I, I think I got some screenshots from that when I was watching those games. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that that was one, obviously, you know, being on, on the field, like being on NFL field in a game. Um, but I say one of the highlights was um, it was a short period of time. It was uh, I was with I was with the Raiders for maybe like a week or two, like not even a cup of tea. And um, <laughs> I. I was sitting there. I was my first day there. I was eating food and um, somebody comes and sits beside me. And I, and I wasn't even expecting him uh, to sit beside me. We were having a conversation. Um, like, Where are you from? Um, and, all, and all that stuff. And it was Marshawn Lynch. And like he was the first person that I that I spoke to in the building. That was the coolest thing for me because. Like I didn't expect to, every, from the outside looking in. Everybody looks at Marshawn Lynch as, you know, he doesn't like the media, but you know, you hear stuff saying like his teammates love him. And now I know why, like he's cool as shit. Like he didn't have to come and sit beside me and talk to me about where I was from. He's like, Toronto, he's playing Buffalo. He's like, man, I love Toronto. Toronto's beautiful. The ladies are beautiful. Like, you know, that's what everybody says when you say you're from Toronto. So yeah, that I'd say that was probably one of the coolest things. And then, you know, in that week where we played in the game, he, my locker was right beside his. So just seeing him just get ready for the game, like he just doesn't give a shit. He just does what he wants. Like, you know, great teammate. And like, he comes, he comes to play every single Sunday, you know, everybody, his resume speaks for itself. So I'd say that was probably one of the um, most interesting things for me. I mean, you know, it, it was definitely a highlight for me. Now that's my claim to fame now is I know someone that has chill with Marshawn, so I'm, I'm good. Two degrees of separation <laughs> to beast mode. Uh, Tavon, kind of going back to the, the, the talent in Toronto, and you kind of mentioning, you know, Shamad being someone that you looked up to um, growing up. 
you know, me and Dakota have talked about this with a number of guys in the OUA from the Toronto area who, you know, go to any number of schools. Um, but it, it always seems, and maybe this is the same story in any town, any city, just of course we're from Toronto, so we see it here where, you know, I'm willing to say it. you don't have to say it, but to me, at least for our generation, you are the the best talent that that out of our generation, like hands down. But who, appreciate that. Well, Zach, haven't haven't you seen the documentary? Oh, <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, Phen- Phenoms? Uh-huh. What was that? It. Oh God. Back when uh, back when major media companies in Canada cared about amateur football, but mm-hmm. we'll move on. Um, <laughs> wow. But unfortunately, and like I said, it's probably the same in any city, any town where you know, some of the top talent you play with growing up doesn't get the shot. And there's any number of reasons why that happens. We don't necessarily need to go into that, but by all means do if you want. But I'm just curious because especially, you know, playing at Chaminade and one of your number one rivals, Don Bosco, I played it with a number of those guys where, shoot, they should have been, they should still be playing just based on the talent or whatever. So I'm just curious, at least on from the perspective of the best talent that you saw growing up, who would you say, in sort of our generation of guys, just looking back on those days in Toronto? That that was like, that should that should be playing now still? Uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who didn't make it out for whatever reason, like I said, we can go into that. Or just, I'm curious, because like going back at that photo, I mean, I remember thinking, yeah, you, Eddie Meredith, Eric Richards, uh, you know, um, Jordan Richards, just like the Stu Anoya, Granny, like the guys that back in the day, it's like, oh, if anyone makes it, it's like probably one of these guys. And then, you know, another Travis Jennings, when I played with him a year later, who are some of the guys that you remember back in the day that didn't make it where it's just like, dang, like that guy was supremely talented. Yeah. I mean, I think it, um, you know, talent wise, I mean, all those guys that you named, I mean, Eric Richards, Jordan Richards, Marcus Granison, huge name for me is Jamal Hyman. That was probably the best football player. I, I mean, I, I seen uh, or I played with. I mean, back when you were quarterback, to, right? To this day, really? Yeah. I mean, to this day, he's like, uh, it's crazy that nobody knows, knows about him. But I mean, there's guys like that, that for sure deserve the opportunity. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Yeah, there we go. As Dakota holds <laughs> up a North York Grizzly sweater, a real throwback for the Toronto football heads out there listening or watching. Sorry, continue yeah, so, to on. Good. No. So like those guys for sure. Um, but you know, there was a, there was a lot that, that that comes into play with that. You know, especially like like I said, leaving home, a lot of guys didn't do that, right? Um, so I mean, that that could have played a factor. And you know, obviously, just schools coming into Toronto and, and seeing this talent, um, there, there there was plenty. Now, if we were 12, 13, 14 years old, now, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that nearly all those guys would have got a shot, whether it was in the CFL or the NFL. Um, but, you know, back when you were sending out CDs and, you know, or just like just trying to send it to however many schools, I mean, it's different now. You got Instagram, you got Facebook. I mean, there was Facebook around that time, but it definitely wasn't as popular as it is now, you know, Twitter. So it's, it's easier, easier access, I mean, to find kids now. So, I mean, I... I I wish those guys would have got a chance as well. But um, like I said, I mean, yeah, we were 12, 13 years old right now. We, uh, There's no doubt in my mind that these guys would have made it somewhere. Yeah, and like I said, I, you know, I'm sure those same stories, like every town, every city, you have those guys. And, you know, you mentioned Jamal Hyman. That's like, I that's that one's the most fascinating because it's almost like a, 
almost like a, a legend at this That's point because legend, yeah, because you'd exactly. hear because you'd hear for years. Some people would be like, "Oh yeah, I heard this happen. No, I, no, I heard that happen." It's, it's like I don't even know what to believe. It's just all it's he's but, like man, the it. myth, the legend. Believe it. I yeah. play with him on the Grizzlies. He jumped over a person that was standing up, standing straight up. I know we're I know they're kids, but that's still like hurtling four and a half feet at least, right? And <laughs> he was definitely way ahead of his time, way ahead of his time. Okay, Tavon, I got I got a fun little question for you. Okay, I got three plays of yours throughout your throughout your playing career. One is a bit of a throwback, so I'll be testing the old memory bank. I want to see which of these plays to you ranks as your your top highlight. Maybe it's one that's not on this list, but let's start with perhaps one of the obvious ones. Let's go back to your time at Iowa, the eighty-five yard touchdown against Michigan State. Right, we all seen the highlight. We've all heard great call on on the game. Then we have yeah. The touchdown you had for Edmonton against Ottawa, double coverage back of the end zone. They go to review yeah. it, feeder yeah. inbound. Now the one I'm, now this is the one I'm hoping still reigns supreme in your heart. Metro Toronto Wildcats, Brampton Bulldogs. I think the quarterfinal game, 2008 OVFL playoffs. We run a double reverse, flip it to you, and you have Eddie Meredith lead blocking for you, and he pancakes who I'd later figure out was Ricky Osikusi, who had a hell of a career from at Western. So, A, do you um, remember that last play? And then, B, out of those, does one does one hold supreme in your memory of, of, of highlights? Or is there another one that you cherish deeply? Uh, I do remember that that reverse. Um, I think I have – I think there's a picture of me, like, running with, um, with on that play. But I do remember that. I Honestly, did I score? Hmm. Great question. I remember we were just slumping offensively that game, and that was like the first positive play yeah. we had in a in a while. I think yeah, I, I, I definitely remember that. But if I were to pick one, I'd probably I'd probably pick the the one uh, against Ottawa just because we won that game. That eighty five yard touchdown. We lost that game to go to the college playoffs um, to play. Uh, I believe it would have been Alabama, and um, yeah, I mean. To this day, every year, uh, it's always an anniversary. Like on Twitter, everybody's like, "This is the best play." I can't believe like it was the loudest. This is the loudest stadium I've ever been in during this game, and I actually want that picture. I want that picture uh, on my wall somewhere. I'm gonna. I'm, I want to definitely get like a a nice painting of it and put it in like a man cave one day. But I would say the Ottawa game was probably. I'd probably make that number one out of those three. That, that's probably the right decision. Uh, you know, you, you spent obviously a lot of time playing football south of the border, both prep, school, college, and pros, and of course now coming back to Canada. So you're obviously a, a very uh, you're a great person to ask us about some of the differences. And I imagine a lot of the differences between the way football is perceived or just the game Canada versus the U.S. comes down to money, you know, just the amount that's invested into it. But and obviously the game's being different as well. But are there any differences that you think that in Canada we could impart in our game to sort of raise it to that next level um, that doesn't necessarily involve just an influx of a, a mass amount of money necessarily? Just things that you saw in terms of the way that the game is, whether it's covered or the way that people talk about the sport that perhaps isn't here that might be able to bring it to a, a higher level of interest. Um, I don't really want to put the pressure on like guys like myself or, you know, any others that would had the same like path that I did, but I think it would have to do with like a lot to do with guys like myself, just 
kind of bringing it back, right? I feel like a lot of guys end up leaving and then they'll stay out there and they don't really try to bring it back. So um, for myself, that's why I, I wanted to, you know, come back and do like a camp. Um, I had, I, I actually recently had one that I wanted to, that I had to cancel because of COVID, but, you know, I feel like it starts with that, you know, bringing that back. Cause I feel like there's a lot of guys that, you know, especially now there's a lot of kids that are going, but nobody's really old enough to be like, Oh, I'm going to run a camp. You know, all these guys are in college now. So I feel like for guys like myself, you know, it's important to come back and kind of bring that, bring that back to the city because, you know, a lot of kids, they want to play football and there's coaches that are there to help, but there has to be some, there has to be some sort of, I guess, connection with some, the players that, 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 that kind of took that route. Right. So I think that's, that's a, that's a big thing. And, you know, just bringing back that love for it. Now, if we, if we were to run like, like camps annually and run like seven on seven camps and having guys like myself and other guys in, in, the, in the city that play in the CFL or guys in the NFL come back or, you know, I think that'll be huge. And then once people start seeing more traction with, you know, high school football, college football, that's when everything will kind of come back and, 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 and come back, will come back into play and, you know, more guys would want to be involved. You know what I mean? So I think that that's the biggest thing. And, and, and for me, um, I actually had this conversation with other guys as well. I think it's a lot to do with, you know, encouraging the kids too. you know, some, sometimes kids get discouraged and they don't see the vision. Right. But you, you just got to learn to take no for an answer. And that's something that I, that I, that I did, you know what I mean? I, I tried to um, continue to reach out to coaches, reach out to people um, to get the help to, 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 how can I get better? How can I do this? I, I mean, I, there's there's a handful of the kids that message me, hey, how can I get better to do this? So I think it has a, a lot to do with you know some guys that that need that need that that mentorship that need that um, that encouragement to really get back and just you know keep your blinders on and just focus on on the task at hand. Um, and once that happens, I feel like there will be more growth with football youth football as well um more coaches would want to be involved and um a guy like myself that continues to connect with people um can maybe you know encourage other people in the city like the community to maybe even do sponsorships because that's all they do in the states is you know sponsorship so many people involved the parents help out and i know there's parents that help out here as well but they're they're a little bit more more invested and and it's easier because you know their uncle or their cousin played in the NFL or played college. You know what I mean? So now that there's more kids that are getting that opportunity to play football, I think it'll be a lot easier for, for, for guys to uh, come back and encourage, you know, kids to, you know, go to these camps and it's not even really about the money. Right. So a lot of guys, you know, um, a lot of the kids think like, Oh, it's going to cost too much or whatever. So if we just, if there's, you know, different ways that we can, um, different ways that we can figure out how to uh, get these kids involved with very, very low cost, maybe even free. My last camp was free. Um, and that was the biggest thing for me was, you know, I had, for me, I had to pay for camps. Like I had to, you know, I had to try to find like little jobs to 
um, and other and other stuff to make some money and go to these camps, right? So, I mean, now if you give these guys opportunity to go to these camps and just get free, free education on football and free like training and whatever, I mean, I know it's not easy to do stuff for free, but you know, in the long term, it'll help out, right? So that's something I want to continue doing, um, whether it's at a very low cost or for free. That's the goal. Um, but obviously, you got to give some to get some back, right? So that's that's the kind of the way I see it right now. Yeah, and I mean, if you do run any more camps in the G- camps in the GTA, I'm gonna send as many of my guys out there as possible. I appreciate, yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. I, I hope they had a good time the last time. Yeah, no, man. they 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 definitely did. Um, and I mean. I think we're starting to trend towards that more now. I mean, obviously, shout out Marcus Grandison, Granny's Kitchen. Uh, He does it every year when he comes back, runs a camp. Um, And, I mean, I think back when we were playing, the one sort of thing I had like that was, I think you were there, uh, was like that grassroots combine thing. But, like, other than that, you had to drive out to, excuse my language, but, like, fuck nowhere pretty much to go to that. And now it's kind of when Granny's Kitchen comes in, it's at, you know, Central Tech. Um, It's in the heart of Toronto. Um, Real quick, shout out, yeah. to, shout out to CFC though. The uh, coach Quasha used to run with Coach Jensen, and I remember yeah. there was another coach, Canada. Uh, what was it? Can no oh, CFF? Sorry, Canada Football Factory. That's the one. I remember they had a program yeah. for a while. Sorry to cut you off. Very, there. I'd give a shout out to Coach Q. Very, very different things there. CFF and CFC. <laughs> yes, much different. I'm, I'm happy I got it straight though. <laughs> um, gonna, I'm gonna completely turn it, and and you don't have to answer this question, or if it gets you in trouble, we can cut it out. But let's say you're in charge of Edmonton. Uh, what's what's the name? What are we going with? <sighs> I don't know, man. I uh, I. <laughs> I made a tweet um, the other day, and I said they they need to they need to just give us the the no name logo but no frills and just put it on our on our helmets and then and just let's just play football. But I I honestly don't know, man. I I, I can't even think of um I I've seen, I've been seeing the Edmonton Elks um and that's the only one I can really remember or the, at least that caught my attention. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, I don't know if we'll come up with a name this year. I'll be surprised if they do. Uh, it might take some time, but I mean, I like the logo. They're gonna have to change the logo as well. Uh, I don't know if they're trying to, you know, keep the the EE or just change it completely and go, you know, Edmonton Wildcats. I don't know, right? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, so who who knows what they do, man? But I'm sure they'll figure it out. Um, it's 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 a lot harder than we all think it is. There's got to be obviously you know voting um you know they probably have to get some stuff cleared within the city and there's a bunch of stuff that we have no clue that they have to go through so hopefully they figure it out soon i mean hopefully we get on the field this year <laughs> as well yeah i mean i think at the end of the day you don't really care what name it is you just want to be catching footballs really right yeah exactly, man. i just want to be playing football well as long as they keep the color scheme though because you know you had the chaminade green and yellow you had the yeah, yellow with I mean, iowa you know there's a bit of a theme here for you right i don't think they'll change the color because then that's just more money <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly these the stadium is green and yellow uh so it'll be a lot if they had to change the colors too i hope they change the i hope they don't change the colors i, I like the colors i, I like i like i have I feel like for the past few years, I mean, I've, I've been sticking with yellow, you know, I was at Iowa or even green. It's always like a green or yellow. 
So, I mean, I, I don't mind staying in. I'm wearing yellow right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> the colors of champions. Um, last question I got for you. I know we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but just for those listening or watching, what has a year for a professional football player without football been like for you? Um, I'd say it's, it's, it's different for sure. Um, me personally, uh, I've kind of made training and working out like a lifestyle anyway. So, um, my body feels great. Um, I've been, I've been, I've been staying in shape, but it's also given me time to work on stuff outside of football. Right. Um, in 2018, I believe, yeah, I, I sat out I, when I, I got hurt in Jacksonville. I was living in Florida. And that was the first time I kind of started thinking like, well, what am I going to do when football is done? Um, at the time, I didn't know what was going to happen uh, with my career, whether I was going to come back home, whether I was going to try to try to sign with another team. And uh, during that period of time, you know, I had I had I found some interest in like little things like real estate or running camps and doing little stuff like that. And um, now that fast forward to now where we have so much time, it's kind of like I'm happy that, that that happened. You know, everything happens for a reason. I fully believe that. And during that time, you know, now I'm able to think more about what I want to do. Like now I'm kind of just, you know, the ball just keeps rolling because I had that that, that period of time where I was kind of figuring things out. OK, well, I've been playing for maybe two years now. You know, if football is done, what can I do, right? So that 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 was definitely something that that uh, that helped me, you know, figure out what I want to do now um, and what keeps me busy, what keeps me going, is just building connections and, you know, working on little things like these camps. Um, my vision for these camps and, you know, um, stuff that I want to get into, like like real estate and you know, I'm learning about little stuff like that as well. So. Uh, I find a lot of interest in that, and, I, and I'm going to continue to do, uh, to, to to learn and, and move forward with that. So then, when no when football is officially done, you know, I want to I want to I want to hit the ground running, and you know, I'm not trying to figure things out. I'm not I'm not treading in the water at all, right? So, well, I mean, that's awesome. You're taking advantage of the time to be able to prepare for the life after, because as Dakota and I have spoken with a, a number of players, former and present, about. The end of our careers comes for all of us, some of us sooner than later. But, uh, you know, thankfully, we still get to watch you play whenever football comes back to the CFL. Um, and it's always a pleasure, whether you're on our side of the border or across the border, to be able to to watch you suit up and and do your thing out there. It's 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 honestly, it's been so much fun uh, following your career, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right, well, Tavon, thanks so much for uh, taking some time to speak with us. Um, you know, all the best with the rest of your training, getting ready for hopefully the 2021 CFL season and just for everything else you're, you're go- you have going on in your life. Um, so all the best, eh? All right, I appreciate you guys, man. Appreciate you too, man. Take care. Thanks for coming on.